As hilarious as that music may sound, it is not how I want to kick off my podcast. Welcome to the Michael Aldred Comedy Podcast. It's going to be so much fun where he makes humor of himself and the many things in New York City. Oh, and by the way, this is not the voice of Bruno. Ladies and gents, as always, I'm just going to start off by saying I love you. Um, rather than using that as my exit, I'm going to use that as my salutation. My salutation. I love you guys and girls. Whoever's listening out there, thank you so much. Uh, thanks for tuning back in to the Michael Oldroyd Comedy Podcast. I am excited uh, for today's episode because I have a very humorous gentleman joining me. Uh, we've known each other for a couple of years now. Uh, since I moved to, uh, to New York a few years ago, I remember seeing him a few times early on when I was doing Gladys's uh, show regularly, the, the Gladys Mike. Um, and uh, very funny guy. He, he's able to be funny clean, he's able to be funny dirty, uh, and he's got some really great bits that, that stand out to me. So uh, without further ado, I want to welcome Mr. Brett Klein. Thanks for having me, man. Hey, it's my pleasure. I appreciate you coming out. Of course. This place is sweet. Um, I don't know if it's been established on the podcast yet, but uh, Michael's place is really nice. <laughs> he, clean, he must clean up. And he's got his own his own room. So, uh, are you single now? Or? Yeah, I am single. Right now they're thinking, <laughs> they're thinking you're in my apartment specifically, and we're like hitting on each other. So, to clarify... Uh, we're gonna we're gonna bang by the end of the podcast. <laughs> this is just gonna be a sex tape. Actually, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Um, we are. I don't know if I've told the audience yet, but we're, uh, there's a terrace in my building. So for all the residents, uh, they turn this two bedroom apartment. I said terrorist for a second. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's not a good word to be throwing around in New York, right? <laughs> um, but we are on the terrace. And uh, it's a two-bedroom apartment they turned in for all the residents. And you can bring guests up here. We're in, like, some CEO-looking room right now, one of the bedrooms. It's got one of those long tables for the board of directors, <laughs> you know, of whatever. Uh, but anyway. Yeah, we're going to have sex right on this table. It's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I'm over, I'm, here, I'm over here trying to clarify that I'm not gay, and you're just doubling down. I appreciate that. <laughs> That's awesome, um, but yeah, Brett, how you doing tonight? You had a you had a show. Yeah, it was great. You were um, telling me a little bit about that. Fill us in, man. It sounded like a great opportunity or a great show. Yeah, it was fun. It was uh, Shiva Mason and um, Eric Bronstein's show over at Greenwich. Um, yeah, it was a good crowd tonight. Uh, really fun. I wish I filmed it. Uh, it was one of those sets where I just like I got you just got to record like you were yeah. saying, bro. You got to record every single set. Um, but I got audio, so hopefully I'll, like, I'll listen to that Good. and figure out what went well, and then I'll probably listen to the recorder and be like, actually, that sucked. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I did that recently. Sometimes when I have a good show, I don't want to watch it or listen to it because mm-hmm. I don't want to disappoint myself with that good feeling that I yeah. have. Not that that will happen to you, but it's happened to Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, do you ever... Aside from listening to your audio, audio recordings, do you ever do anything with the audio recordings? Either put them out there for other people to listen to, or is it more so just for your own learning? 
It's for my own learning. Um, I feel like it's just the audio quality is just my iPhone. Yeah. Um, so, like, I'd want it... If I was going to put it out there, I'd want it, like, you know, professionally done or, like, you know, something like, like this setup at least. Like, like real audio equipment. Yep. We're using, we're using a Blue Yeti mic here for a... Welcome to, you know, I got to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Blue Yeti Mike. Kidding, kidding, it's not Blue Yeti. Uh, they're not our sponsors. <laughs> Michael Ultra is the sponsor of this uh, comedy podcast, but uh, we, we thank him for this opportunity. No, no, that's cool. I, I definitely get what you're saying. Maybe get a, a boomstick in the audience. Yeah. Um, you know, I think uh, I've heard of, well, I, I had a show uh, recorded once where we had two boomsticks. They were studying throughout the audience so you could pick up, mm-hmm. you know, solid audience laughter. And then we had, I think, one of the mics coming directly out of the feet of the microphone. Oh, cool. And we merged the three audios together. Nice. Um, but um, that wasn't, like, put into a CD or anything. It's part of the video. Uh, okay. But, but I definitely hear you on that. Um, I feel like... Some of my friends do want me to just send them audio recordings from time to time, which, you know, I'm always, I'm always like, now nah, you just wait till the, the final product. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is like a, a. Have you done an album before? I created one. Uh, we filmed it in Kansas City, uh, right before I moved to New York. Okay. So I put that together as kind of like my launching. I felt like it was a good time to do something that I felt was big for me at the time, the most I could do at the time, and have that kind of set me up for New York in some ways. And I think it's helped not as much as I would think. I mean, it's helped open a few doors and whatnot, but it helped me become a better comedian, which I think is what matters most, right? At the the end of the day, at least for, I think, where we are in our careers right now, right? Yeah. so yeah, um, that's cool. You had a good show. Tell us a little bit about uh, what made it good. Uh, just the crowd was like with everything, and it was just like I was like um, I don't know. They told me like it was originally I was supposed to do eight, and they're like, hey, we got a like crazy lineup. Uh, can we can you do six? I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Um, so I just like cut everything short. I like had jokes, like like a story that I just like trimmed the fat off of like really quickly just a writing technique yeah a writing technique that should have done anyway and it just made it hit that much better yeah you know what that's cool whenever something unforeseeable forces you to make an adjustment that you realize becomes actually an adjustment for the better I'm like I didn't need all those words (laughs) the joke's better now without (laughs) that's awesome yeah I've found some of my jokes are better when I when I just get straight to it and and I I know that I've learned that even in books and I've heard it before like get to the punchline it's all about laughs per minute yeah. right and something has had to force me to do it to actually make that happen from time to time yeah and I realize like it's almost like a boxing analogy is you're coming if you if you shorten it up you're just coming right out with that hook you yeah. know what I mean rather than like setting up and making them see it coming mm. you're just like here it comes you know yeah. and and then you're like wow I need to do that more yeah. <laughs> like what else could I cut out of, of my routine and make it faster um, that's but, why I like like a lot of like um, I'm not like a one liner comic at all but I like respect a lot of them just because their writing is really tight like there's this one guy I um, 
He's helped me out a lot starting out from Detroit. Um, his name's J. Chris Newberg. He's out in L.A. now. Um, but he has this joke. It just uh, it goes, uh, JFK, handsome man, horrible headshot. <laughs> oh. And it's, originally, he was like, JFK was a really handsome man, but he had a really terrible headshot. <laughs> And when he took away those words, the the joke just hit so much harder at shows. It's the yeah, same joke, but it just like took out the words. Yep. Yeah. So. It's it's definitely something. We think that the audience needs more of a lead-in sometimes, or even just more of a, to be part, like A to B to C. Yeah. To B, but they don't need all that all the time. Sometimes you just can give them A and then. D, you yeah. know, and and it, and it hits. So I guess the only way sometimes is to to trial and error, right? Yeah. Um, that's cool. Um, so yeah, I remember you saying that you did a a clean routine, which is a lot, really tough for a lot of comics. You know, um, most comedians can only talk about sex. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and that's you know that's. That's cool. So, what were some of? The, is there new material that you did tonight, or? Um, let's see. What I mean, actually, it wasn't that clean. Like, I mean, it was. It was arable. Is that a thing? Like, I don't. Okay. Think yeah. I, can, I can't go like work at church or whatever. Like, I, yeah. I'm not like, or I can't perform next to the Wiggles. But <laughs> like, um, yeah, it was all like arable. Like, I didn't swear because I work in in radio. It was my day job, and we oh, do. Nice. Um, we do. Like, you can talk about sex. It's just, like, the way you say it or, like, the, the is a lot of it's just straight up the words. There's just certain words you can't say. Yeah. Um, for the FCC or whatever. So, um... It's all about the packaging rather than the content. Yeah. Right? So, like... You can't have any F-bombs on the packaging. Yeah, you can't have F-bombs. But even, like, on the radio, we were talking about, like, whether you, you know... You could say we we're talking about like a penis. We were referring, referring to a penis in one one bit, and we we're like, we called it. Somebody called it a Peter, and just the way that Peter was said, like you can air it, you can you can call it a Peter, but there was like some other. I think they called it a Willie or something. It just like was like tamer in this context. Yeah. Um, it's just like a weird judgment call, and it's it, for radio too. It's like. Um, so I work for this company. We do like we help with morning shows, and um, you know, some some we're writing for other people. So it's not like like I could I could go on you know a TV show and, and say any like P, Peter. That's really tame. Yeah. But like some certain morning shows are just like yeah, we don't want to have that like too much dick jokes kind of thing. Yeah. Right? Like really vanilla clean comedy. Yeah. So. No, I uh, I definitely understand that. Um, it's kind of crazy, right? Um, it's kind of like the seven words you can't say on television. Yeah. But you can talk about the things that have to do with those seven mm-hmm. words, right? So it's kind of, you would think uh, it would be the other way around, but I guess uh, society is not that evolved. It's just like, no, we, what? I think it's too, also, like, if it's, if it's something that, like, everybody's talking about or, like, something that... It's like you didn't come up with a really vulgar... Like when Trump said grab her by the pussy. Yeah. They just started saying pussy 
straight up on like CNN and like it's just like on the news. They're like, yeah. he said, grab her by the pussy, and then it just became like okay to say that. Well, I on guess TV. Trump, I guess Trump is just setting trends without even realizing it. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not giving it up for him. But no, I'm not either. And I think it's no. I mean. It, because the thing was, they were talking about it like, oh, this is really awful what he said. Yeah. But they still Absolutely. said it. Yeah. <laughs> they and still said the word on the air. So. Yeah. We've actually talked about it before on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely pretty big, you know, that was a big story. <laughs> um, and it still comes up in conversation to this day. Even when I'm on a date sometimes, it's like, yeah. how do you feel about the, you know... <laughs> <laughs> just just before we go any further, are you gonna grab me by the pussy? <laughs> yes, I didn't know you had one, and now I'm really excited. Let's go back to my room. Um, so yeah, man, uh, that's cool to hear. Uh, I know that um, we talked about um, you know how we had met at, at the comic strip, and I remember when I met you, you were. Uh, submitting a writing packet at that time, yeah, which I thought was really cool. Regardless of, sometimes it's about making moves. Well, I think all the time it's it's about making moves rather than worrying about where the darts hit. I mean, obviously you want to be refining and getting better and trying to hit bullseyes, and in theory, hitting bullseyes sometimes. But the fact that you're throwing that dart, trying to hit the bullseye, yeah, is is awesome. You know, and there was a different. It, it's like. Submitting a writing packet to one of those bigger networks shows that you took the time to A, be aware of it, B, put effort into something that requires you to actually sit down and put hours into it. Yeah. Um, And then you're going to become a better writer and more aware as a result of that. So I think that's awesome. I know that, yeah, did you want to talk about that for a second? Yeah, that was the um, late night writer's workshop, um, which anybody can submit to. Uh, I mean, it is a total crapshoot. But yeah, you're, I mean, you're right. It does make you a better writer. Um, yeah, that definitely helped me. Like, I know how to do a submission packet now from from doing that. Yeah. Um, and I think the next one would be a lot better. I also know the level of, like, what they're looking for, too. Yeah. <laughs> a little better. Yeah, no, that's so cool. Which, which uh, late night was it? Was it... Um which, uh... It was NBC, the Late Night Writers Workshop. Was it, um, to write for a specific late night show, or was it just... So they have, they have this thing, um, do you know Nick Pappas by any chance? I know that name. He did it, um, I don't know, I think he's, he's, dude, he mostly does, like, UCB stuff, and he works at Comedy Wire. Um, I met him through UCB. Awesome. uh, he did, he did it, he, like, got in the program. And it's, like, this, uh, they just bring you on board it's like a week long thing and they have like you meet all the writers from the staff writers for shows and they try to prep you to like become a staff writer for a show I guess awesome so um, and they have like all kinds of events it's not it wasn't they don't like hire you right from okay, that yeah I think some people do get hired from that's that. awesome though I mean I would you know if I knew about that coming up I would definitely sit down and do something like that that's yeah, cool. they, they do it in January it's every January uh, so we'll let me write that. Yeah, write it down. Down. Hey, it's notated via audio documentation. Right now, so <laughs> if nothing else, I know that I can refer back to this and write it later. But I am gonna write it down. It's January. Yeah, it's usually like right around the first or something. They open up. I'm not sure. Writing submission. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll follow up with you about that too. 
Because um, that's cool that you did some UCB stuff. I, I'm actually doing stuff at UCB. Are you still doing it, or where, where are you in that? Yeah, I got into their advanced improv and their advanced wow. slash. Wow, congratulations, took... fist pump. Oh, thank you. That's, <laughs> that's awesome, dude. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. I had great times there. Um, I was on an improv, an indie team for a while. Uh, we had a lot of fun, but I don't know. I'm thinking I'm more, more into sketch. I like, I've kind of like just taken a break from improv, um, focusing on stand up more. Because it's just like I was spreading myself thin. I wasn't really doing. Yeah. I went through this phase where I was doing a ton of improv and then. Um, Less focused on stand up. Yeah. I mean, you don't have so many hours in a day, right? So. Yeah, I honestly just feel like I'm a better stand up than I am an improviser. <laughs> I've felt that way too. Part of it is because I've been doing stand up for so much long. I put yeah. in more hours towards stand up on and off the stage. Um, but very cool that you have that skill. And for those of you that don't know, basically he's in the most advanced level uh, at UCB in both improv and sketch, which are like two different. Uh, forms or paths there and ideally you want to be good at both right if you go through uh, UCB um, SNL recruits a lot from schools like UCB I know that they've been going to UCB more over the last couple of years um, you know Will Ferrell and, and his kind of I think Will Ferrell's groundlings. Yeah, I was going to say Will Ferrell and some of his, uh, like Chris Kattan and those guys came yeah. from the groundlings. Uh, before that, you, uh, Second City in Chicago and Iowa, and a lot of people have come from uh, from there, mostly from there, especially like when Bill Murray was was big. But they still kind of get people from, from all those places still, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, Amy Poehler did UCB in New York, and she was like the first trailblazer. Uh, for that particular um, school, right? So that's awesome that you're doing that. Um, I'm in it as well. In fact, you know, do you have any shows coming up that you're performing in for for either sketch or improv? Do you have anything coming up in the books? Um, not really. I mean, I've done more like video stuff for, for sketch. So the advanced, I'm, it's like classics. I'm not on the sketch team there. Okay. Um, so... Yeah, you you can once you're in advance, you can submit okay. the sketch teams and yeah. audition for them. Um, but yeah, it's, it's tough though with the advanced sketch because it's like there's only like a couple a year that open up. Yeah. So like like they have like the improv there's like tons of improv classes, but the sketch only yeah they only have like a couple of them a year for some reason. The advanced okay. So it's um yeah it's tougher to get into those just not because it's like. Oh, it's really tough to write sketch comedy, which I think it, I mean it definitely takes a discipline to do this. It's hard to write. It's not like oh, that's easy, but it's just like there's just not as much availability yeah. for sketch classes. As I'm not surprised. Are. I think that's the one everyone wants to get into, especially if they're interested in it. anything like Saturday Night Live. Yeah, and like writing. And, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe they're great. And I think in both like at UCB, I took them both at the same time, which I mean it was a lot. But it was, um, I think it helped a lot just understanding the concept of game. Yeah. And game is this, it's the, they have like a whole system of, um, of how they teach comedy. So like, so what level are you in then? 201 for both. Okay. Starting. Sweet. So yeah, that's the one where they really pound game and it's, uh, you really start to like learn it. Um, but that's essentially what 
what their whole school is about. So like they don't ever like you don't really ever do jokes in UCB. It's all like building a scene that has I can't, I can't really explain yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, basically, I, I think no, I can. I think I understand a little bit of, and it can help comedy, but it's different because comedy is a lot about setup, punchline, move yeah. on. Game is more so about you're in the moment and you're trying to figure out what stands out. Like you're, you're basically you start off by improvising with your group or one person or even yourself. And then as soon as something weird happens, yeah. you're supposed to recognize it, right? Mm-hmm. And you kind of like highlight it so everyone's on the same page. Yeah. And then you go, well, if that happened, then what else could happen yeah. in this type of situation? And then you just keep on <clears throat> heightening that pattern. You create a pattern, basically. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. Like, so you justify it and then, yeah, you create the It's essential pattern. Yeah, exactly. And a little bit of game earlier happened when we were joking about hooking up in yeah. here, you know? Yeah. So, like, like, if you were a chick and then, like, you did the call back when you said grab her by the pussy, or grab me by the pussy, mm-hmm. right? So that's an that's a game. Like, game and callback, right? So, yeah, yeah we're, we're analyzing our podcasts in real time. Yeah. And you have a pretty good game in general. But... <laughs> well, I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, that's cool, man. With the, that one, ch- those chicks at the, uh, at the, um, that was at Greenwich, right? Yeah, yeah. We, 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 we had a show together one night at the Greenfield Comedy Club. Uh, and uh, somehow I was able to trick a girl into, <laughs> into coming into the show. And she brought her friend. Both of them were really cute girls. Uh, and that particular night, I was focused. She, she got a little too drunk. She, she lost control, right? Okay. I, I don't know if you remember, but by the time Alan... Fuchs got on stage, who was running that show, he was the producer of that show, by the time he got on stage, she was like, screaming out, and heckling, oh like, yeah, every change she had, I was like, oh, it's, he's with the heckler, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so I was kind of joking about how I was going to try and hook up with her mm-hmm. on stage, which was true, and a joke, and <laughs> she was seeming to dig it, and I think she kind of like got excited and got too drunk. Because uh, I was giving her that that attention <laughs> on stage, so we kind of, that was kind of the game. Right mm-hmm. in my set was her, um, and by the time Alan got on, he's like, "Get her up!" <laughs> so I was like, "I was like, yeah, she's with me. Everyone knows that. Now I need to escort her out." Right, and Alan's like, "All right, Aldrin's gonna go try to hook up with that drunk girl." And uh, long story short, it kind of a funny thing, but I saw you later that night. Yeah, we were at the pizza place, and. Um, yeah, I was coming by, just saw you. <laughs> I just wanted to hang out with you, and there's these two chits. I'm like, all right, I, w- I wanted to help you get late. I wanted you to go home with both of them is what, what my goal was. <laughs> and I appreciate, see, we're just helping each other out. And, and I was thinking, I didn't know you were in a relationship at that time. So I was like, hey, man, you know, come on in and hang out, you know? So we were trying to help each other out, yeah. you know? Uh, it was like a metaphorical circle jerk, but <laughs> for the sake of heterosexual intercourse, <laughs> you know, so, uh, so we, we did, that was a fun interaction, we were at that pizza place that's been in, like, that show Crashers and, and other things, you know, Louis, yeah, which, I have a story about that in a second that we can come back to, but nevertheless, that girl, um, she got so, after you left, I took them both to the bar by the Grizzly Pear, 
and we were drinking, and she got in a fight with her friend, and basically her friend's like, I'm leaving, and at first I thought, I didn't know what was going on because they were talking one-on-one, mm. and her friend comes up to me on her way out as I'm kind of like staying busy trying to pretend like I'm not caring or whatever, or interested in what's going on, so I go do my own thing, she walks up to me on her way out, her friend does, and she says, I'm headed out. Have a good night. And I'm like, you're not leaving because of me, are you? Like, you're not trying to help me out or help your friend out so that we can be one-on-one, are you? And she's like, uh, no, but I'm leaving. Have a good night. Right? So I'm thinking, wow. (laughs) You know, like, she's really trusting me here. You know, like, usually girls do the opposite. They're they're not, (laughs) they're not cock enablers or cock blocks, usually. Um, so... She assisted me in that way, I felt like. So I went back and hung out with the girl, and the girl was really upset, right? She, I'm not going to say her name, but she was like, uh, that girl's so mean, blah, blah, blah. She, basically, she's drunk, and they got in a fight, and the other girl's like, I had enough of this. Right? Yeah. So she's like, good luck type thing. So this girl starts making out with me, the, the <laughs> one. She makes out with me, and I'm digging it, even though I'm not a fan of PDA. Yeah. So she like leaves. Yeah, but you're at a bar and you're drunk. Yeah. So, well, it was. Know, it's that. Yeah. It it, was, if it's like with your girlfriend and you're just making yeah. out in front of a bunch of friends, <laughs> and that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. if you're like trying to hook up, that's yeah. Funny. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you making me feel better about it. <laughs> um, so she makes out with me. I'm, I'm digging it. Actually, she's a good kisser, and I was like attracted to her, so it was fun. Um, and then. As we're, like, leaving to go who knows where, she's whining and, like, answering phone calls and telling girls, I'm not drunk. You can you, you can hear her having these types of conversations, which is like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I'm, like, I'm starting to feel like I'm babysitting her. We're sitting outside on the street corner, and she starts crying. Yeah. And just, like, for no reason, I'm like, look... We're not, I, I was like, look, at this point, nothing's going to happen tonight is what I thought in my head. So let me just make sure she gets home safely. Like, I, at this point, I've, like, narrowed the options down to she's going to go home and I'm going to go to my house. Yeah. But I need to make sure she actually gets home. Yeah. That so was, like, my best. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm not going to, like... Just re- let this one go out into the universe and hope it turns out well for her. I feel somewhat responsible yeah. for her entire drunkenness because somehow everything that night led her to that point, which was my yeah, bad from you my tricking her into coming to the show. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I am sitting here arguing with her, which is never good doing that with a drunk person, about how I need to assist her to get into either a cab or on the subway. And she's arguing with me, and she's telling me, she's like, you can just go, I'm not your responsibility. And I'm like, please, I can't just let you sit here on the street corner and go my separate way. I can't do that. You're too vulnerable. You're a cute girl. You're a girl who's sitting here crying on the street corner at 12 o'clock at night. Yeah. I'm not abandoning you. (laughs) So get that out of your head, because that's not an option, right? And she's yelling at me about that, how that is an option. (laughs) So I know the story is not getting too excited, but anyway, somehow she goes, okay, you can come back with me, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, what? Let's let's get on the subway, right? 
So I get on the subway with her, and we get about three-fourths of the way all the way up in northern Brooklyn somewhere, and I'm like, I think I, I can't remember I said, do you have roommates or something? She's like, why? And I was like, well, I'm just curious. She's like, my parents aren't going to let you in. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, I beg your pardon? <laughs> I was like, hang on, you live with your parents? First of all, okay, do you think they'll care that I come over? Because you invited me over. I was like, and she's like, you're not coming over. So she already forgot that she invited me over. And I'm like, why did you, why did you have me come back with you? <laughs> you know what I mean? So long story short, I figured at that point she's been on the subway that's going to take her home. She's on her way. Yeah. I think I've done more than enough to make yeah, sure she yeah. gets home safely. So I got I got on the next train going back to my place. And I just good. texted her to make sure and she calls me and forget you know, forgets half of the night, you know, and she's like <laughs> apologizing for stuff that she doesn't So anyway, boring ending, not exciting. But you know what? If I just sat here and like it was a great ending and say I went back to her place and hooked up. No, but then you would have been That's a douchebag. Yeah, like then I'm bragging. But also she was like wasted and crying. Like I'm oh, yeah. glad you didn't have that. Oh yeah, that's 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 not cool because then I would have taken advantage of her. Yeah. Yeah. And also it's just like how do you I don't know. I feel like once a girl cries it just kills my boner. <laughs> that's crazy because it increases mine. No, that's not okay. kidding. <laughs> Yeah, so, anyway, uh, that was kind of the, the end of that story, which you never got to hear until now, so, thank you for helping me of course. get further with those ladies, and, uh... Did you talk to her again after that, or not? We texted a little bit, and we talked about hanging out, but, uh, via text, I just, I, I realized she's kind of a flaky girl, but also just immature. You know? Yeah, well, she lives with her parents, and she has a mental breakdown in the middle of the street and yells at you. <laughs> yeah. So it was one of those things where we didn't actually see each other again. We we try we talked a few. She would call me when she's drunk every once in a while. Okay. Um, and we talked a couple times, but nothing ever. It just there wasn't enough kinetic energy to bring us back together. Yeah, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah. So well, you got these girls outside that. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, when we were on our way up here, Brett and I uh, met some ladies in the elevator, or when we got off the elevator, that were looking for this two-bedroom apartment as well. And if you think about it, if, if Brett was single, then he could have one bedroom and I could have one bedroom. <laughs> um, but, you know, nah, they, they're nice. In fact, they could probably hear me right now if they're out there. I shouldn't. <laughs> the doors aren't soundproof. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if we were to knock at the door. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so let's talk more about you, Brett. Um, you know, do you have any shows coming up that you want to promote to the audience? Yeah, I do. Um, Tuesdays. Well, actually, when does this air? When do you put it? Up? <clears throat> I may. I could put it up as quickly as tonight, which is the Wednesday, the July nineteenth. Uh, it just depends on much time I get to, to I, I don't think I'll need to make any edits so okay uh, um, potentially tonight yeah I got uh, Greenwich let's see we have the pair this Saturday Greenwich on Sunday at 7.30 pair at 10 o'clock Greenwich 7.30 and then Comedy Fight Club at 10 
on Sunday during okay. Game of Thrones. My girlfriend's pissed about that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I haven't even seen the first one yet. Oh, the new season. But, um, and then, yeah, next Tuesday, Granite's are run my Tuesdays. They're actually in August. I only have the 14th, and then I forget the other the other day. It's like another day on Tuesday. Okay. Or no, they're Mondays. They're at two Mondays. So, um, yeah, look at me up on social media. And then other than that, I'm mostly on Tuesdays at 738 Grand Show. Yeah. All through September. And um, that's like my show that I produce and put up my friends. Uh, you got to come and do it sometime. I'd love to. Um, do you want to do that 14th show? I, as long, I don't think I'm August 14th. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, All right, cool. let's plan on it. Yeah. So, Thank you, man. Yeah, so you can come see both of us August 14th at yeah. Village Comedy Club. So yeah. Awesome. And then, or go ahead, you were going to say something else. Oh, yeah, and then, um, yeah, I got some dates in Michigan coming up. Um, awesome. Back yeah. home for you, right? Yeah, yeah. So, that'll be fun. That's in, um, I'm at the Holly Hotel Comedy Club in Holly, Michigan, August 16th, 19th weekend. Um, and then I'm at the Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle October 13th through the 14th. Awesome. Opening for Mark Norman. So that'll be fun. Well, you know, I, uh, I think that's tremendous. Uh, sounds like you got a lot of good stuff coming up. Uh, and then your, your handle on social media, what is that, Brett? Uh, it's at Brett Klein on Twitter and at Brett.Klein on Instagram. And guys, just for the spelling, B-R-E-T-T-K-L-I-N-E. Yeah. Definitely look him up. He's got some really funny stuff. One of his jokes that I really like that I think is on Instagram. It's a, it's a funny, uh, it's a video that he posted. Uh, it's where he's talking about shopping with uh, house music in the background. Kind of what that whole, <laughs> is it techno or how do you? Yeah, like EDM. EDM music. And you'll have to hear his his rendition of it, but uh, <laughs> I have a feeling, not to set the bar, but I, I really do think that that one will be on TV soon. <laughs> so. Well, thank you. Absolutely. Um, cool, man. Well, uh, very good stuff. We only got a couple minutes left. Um, what do you want to talk about, Brad, before we wrap up? Um, Oh, I do want to talk about. I was just the Insta, the Twitter handle guy made me think of this. Um, I, I originally had another Twitter handle, and I got Brett Klein from another Brett Klein, who I looked up and messaged him. And apparently, he is like this war hero. He got like shot like six times and <laughs> saved like eighteen people wow. or something. Wow. And he, he while he was like eighteen. And he, he was, like, the youngest person to win a Medal of Honor wow. in, the, <laughs> like in history. And so um, I, like, messaged him, and we were talking about that. And then he just, like, I was, I was offered to buy the Twitter handle from him, and he was just, like, gave it to me. He's like, yeah, no, you can just have it. So, wow. like... That seems like a pretty... Only Brett Klein is a war hero, and I tell dick jokes. Well, what a damn cool dude, man. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty awesome. You know, I've talked about, I went to Normandy a couple months ago. Oh, wow. Um, but that's really, that's really cool. And um, who knows? You know, I, I think there's nothing wrong with telling dick jokes if they make people laugh, <laughs> especially war heroes. Oh, yeah. And uh, 
who knows, maybe someday you can do a, a routine for the troops, you know? That'd be fun. Yeah. I, I, I know, uh, you know who Theo Vaughn is? Yeah, I've heard the name. Um, I feel like he's done a couple different instances where he's gone overseas and okay. performed for the troops. And I've always thought that, that was pretty cool. Yeah. You know? I'd like to do that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it'd be awesome. And that's perfect material for it. You know? Yeah. You could, you could write some stuff. I should wear something like that. I like the, the other Brett Klein is like way more significant. Yeah. <laughs> or you, you could even have the, the MC introduce you with those credentials and then get up there and be like, that's the wrong Brett Klein. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that's funny, but you know, just brainstorming. Yeah. Um, but that's cool stuff, man. Uh, so yeah, guys, uh, thanks for tuning in today. I appreciate uh, the attention as always. Hopefully you haven't started masturbating yet. <laughs> uh, and hopefully you haven't fallen asleep. I hope that what is happening is you're either taking a dump or taking a shower or driving, uh, something kind of relaxing, and you've been entertained, maybe had a couple chuckles, um, and it's been worth your time. It's been worth mine. I want to thank my man, Brett Klein, and I'm just going around doing rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but thanks, guys. Until next time, uh, I love you, and uh, have a great week. Bye-bye. Thank you for...